Blog Talk Radio. Tune in to the hottest sports talk show on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. We're excited about tonight's broadcasting. It's happening in sports. It's first with Tommy Bowden, Rob Ambrose. I don't think he's going to be with us tonight, but he's usually on our panel. Lyndon Johnson and Steve Thornton, and we're excited to get those in there. Also, you know, thank you to the Father's Day panelists from last night, um, um, Mr. Milton, Mr. Britton, Mr. Inge, and also um, Mr. Fowler. I don't want to forget those and thank them for spending some time during our Father's Day celebration. And we'll continue with that um, on this Friday. We're going to do some with the Never Had It So Good Dads here. And then the following two Mondays, we will still celebrate Dads and Father's Day and have those conversations. My co-host, Tim Moore, and also Duck Riley, how are you all doing? Doing well, Princess. Doing well. Also, we got Tim, Tim early. Tim, my homeboy Steve just called and said, <laughs> He couldn't make it, man, so we got to hold down the fort. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. <laughs> we were just talking about you, Duck, and the excellent questions. And, and I said to Tim Pre, and before the show started, I just want to talk about Uncle Shay Shay. After that, Alexa can just take over from there. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, telling, I was telling Princess, I was looking over your questions. I said, Duck sent me to YouTube and, uh, and, and scouring the Internet doing research on people. Maybe see. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, let's get our guests in here. One six nine one. The last four of your number. One six nine four. I'm sorry. One six nine one. How are you? Yeah. Talk, good. Tommy Bowden. Hey, Mr. Bowden. How are you? Hey, Coach. Oh, doing good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. 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 All right. One three four one. Give us your name. How you doing, Mr. Lyndon Johnson? President, I'm, I'm going to take Duck's place this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, Duck, Tim, you guys go ahead and get started. Okay. All right, but President, we want to start off with you. What are your thoughts on Shannon Sharp leaving Skip Bayless? My thoughts are is that Shannon Sharp now can afford to leave that um, platform. I thought this was a good um, end for him a few years ago and a good opportunity. But now, um, you know, Shannon Sharp has created his own brand. And Club Shay Shay just, you know, became a, a million um, viewer network on YouTube. Um, and he has other things going on. And, you know, he was able to buy out his contract with Fox. Um, and also to buy out his contract with the Club Shay Shay brand. Now, as far as he and Skip Bayless, it was headed to that. Um, I think Skip Bayless isn't everybody's taste, and um, he continues to show that. There have been some rumors that um, the primary spokesperson or um, sports talk was now Shannon Sharp and not Skip Bayless, and, and Skip Bayless kind of got upset about that. You know, but that's media. And the drama was created, too, in order to get more views in the first place. But the split, I think, is about a lot of things. And, 
some of that has to do with the whole, um, you know, Buffalo Bills young man that was, you know, on the right. field um, and, and how that all played out and that controversy in front of the camera and behind the camera. So I think it was headed this, to this for some time. But congratulations to Shannon Sharp for creating a brand that does not need Skip Bayless anymore. Um, I hear, I think I said this to Tim Moore, that they're looking at LaShawn McCoy uh, to replace, uh, you know, Shannon Sharp. We'll see. But this was headed towards this. And Skip Bayless is not for everybody's taste. He's not certainly not for mine because he didn't like LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, okay, Princess, you're gonna be a little petty. All right, okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right, uh, Coach Bowden, your thoughts on that? I, I, I just kind of felt that. Uh, I thought, that, I thought they were good for each other because of some of the things that they were brought to the table. But your thoughts, Tom? Yeah, I thought they were good. I thought they had, they had good chemistry. They're very combative, which to me, some of that job is entertainment. And it's kind of like yeah. Stephen mm-hmm. Smith. He's he's entertaining. He's nozzle, but he's entertaining. And he gets loud. And Skip and Chen got loud. And I, I thought, you know, I've got a little bit of experience. I, I did TV for eight or nine years uh, for uh, ACC Network for Fox out of Atlanta. My brother Terry had a great New York studio job for ABC Sports with John Saunders. It's a very competitive industry. There are some really strong personalities. Both Both of those two guys are strong personalities. I really thought this last little uh, brouhaha they had with Tom Brady, when Skip gets personal, he got personal when yeah. he said, hey, you had to, you had to get out 30, 35. I think when you lose an argument and you get personal, I, I, a lot of that goes on in politics. And I, 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 I didn't think that was right. And Shannon uh, doesn't need the money. <laughs> that brings a different right. perspective uh, on your job when you don't need the money. You don't need to take that with your – yeah, what, three Super Bowls, uh, Hall of Fame, and uh, and his other venues are doing well. And uh, probably a good time to get a divorce. But uh, I, I thought it was a good show, and and the fact that they were combative was good. But uh, time for Shannon to move on. And I thought the other guy got a little personal. Okay. Uh, Mr. President, do you think it was just too many skip, 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 skip? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mr. President just dropped for a moment. He did. Oh, okay. He okay. just he dropped. He'll get back okay. in here. All right, when um, he gets back in, we're, we're hitting with the skip, skip, skip. But your, your thoughts <laughs> on it, Tim? Yeah, well, he did. He did that a lot. He he was like, but but skip, but skip, skip. Yeah, he did that a lot. <laughs> but um, uh, I I agree with what Coach Bowden said. They I thought they were a good counterbalance to one another on the air and good entertainment but i agree um skip got personal uh particularly with that that uh, tom brady um discussion that they had um Uh it was i thought unnecessarily uh personal and um i think skip has a bit of a of a habit of doing that when he is losing an argument and um that's not a good thing. You know, people – Coach is right. People do that in politics. And when you start to, to you know, lose on, on the point that you're trying to make, some people just get desperate and start, you know, call, name-calling and, and getting into personal attacks against people. And sometimes you're just wrong. and Just kind of let it go, you know. <laughs> they had a problem with that. 
But I did hear, uh, I, I don't know who told me this, but somebody said that, that Shannon was uh, was going to start training for a match against John Moran's father. But maybe that's not true or not. But anyway, uh, so who knows? <laughs> the president's back on. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm sorry about that. Doc, you no problem. No problem. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> okay. But no, you know, I think... I think Coach Bob has the, has the nail on the head. You know, I think it's a a lot of entertainment going on there and 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 what those guys are doing. But that last argument, I, I think Skip got extremely personal uh, with that whole Tom Brady discussion. I think that was that was just enough was enough for for Shannon. And Shannon, you know, I agree. I mean, he's a guy that doesn't need that financially. There's no need for me to put up with this because you can just see the look in his face. Shannon was not entertaining at that point. And right. He was not. Uh, he, he was not acting. I mean, that that hit home, and it was unnecessary. And I think that was just the final straw. Okay. You know, my my thing is, can can the show go on without him and uh, without Shannon? I mean, I know I know it can go on, but the replacement you got you got to have the right person to be in that position to go back and forth with him. And I and I heard Princess bring up uh, Shady McCoy. You know, and <laughs> and I, I and I don't I, I really don't know. Have you, anybody got any opinion on who who they think should be in that position opposite uh skill? Look, has that has that has that decision been made that Shady McCoy is going in? Because no, if no, no. Oh, okay, okay. Because I, I don't think it's I really don't think that. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's a good choice. Quite honestly, just watching Shady on the on the program that he does with, uh, um, um, the, the, where he's on the on the on the desk with the three or four uh, commentators. Yes. Um, but I think uh, I think there are a few people that would probably be good counterbalance to, uh, um, to uh, to Skip because Skip is you know at the end of the day is a pretty knowledgeable guy. Um, he's just a, a, a very strong personality, and it's going to take a strong personality to uh, make the show work. But it also needs to be somebody who's particularly knowledgeable. And um, and I think uh, there are a few people that sort of fit that bill. Yeah. Okay. Charles, you know, I, I, Charles, hey, Charles, Charles Barkley. <laughs> I said Charles Barkley. I agree. Skip will be gone in two weeks. <laughs> I th- wow! I think personally, before Prince, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you. Off. I I think uh, they need a mountaineer on that. I thought Pat oh, Pac Man Jones. <laughs> Lord have mercy! Here we go. Already. We've got here to go. bring up. Thank you, thank you, thank we're, you, Coach. We're Jones. ten minutes into the show, and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that didn't take long at all. I, I'm under the understanding that Charles Barkley and Gail King are getting ready for a segment once a week on CNN. So I don't wow. know if Charles Barkley is going to be, you know, available. That has been a big rumor, and they're preparing for some show on CNN once a week, um, the two of them, which I think is, is an odd match. But, you know, let's Emmanuel Acho might be good. Emmanuel Acho may be good, although oh, wow. I think he's got his own show. But he might be good. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine Charles Barkley and Gail King? It, it, <laughs> we all know Charles Barkley has an opinion on everything. It ain't always right. 
But okay. <laughs> Neither is Gail King. But okay. <laughs> you know, I think that Fox stumbled on something with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. To, to, to be honest with you, they they put them together, but that really show really took off. And, and and now it's not. But, you know, again, Skip Bayless uh, will need someone to challenge him. And I think there's a lot of people out there that he thinks that doesn't. But I hear, too, that they're thinking about taking the format of, you know, some a guest um, host, you know, um, twice a week, you know, and hmm. kind of rotating it, too. So we'll see. But uh, to match up someone with Skip, you know, I don't think it's going to be an easy job. Right. Okay. I, uh, I'm going to come back to you again, Mr. President. Advice for the parents and students. Athletes going to these different camps. What advice would you give them? Wow. Uh, you know, the, the, the whole uh, landscape of the camps have changed so much in the last few years. Uh, you know, m- my advice used to be, um, you know, try to find those schools that are definitely interested in narrow your list down to about four or five camps and try to get to those camps and get as many eyes as possible on you. But it is, uh, it's changed drastically. I mean, the camps, to be honest, if you're a senior, going to be a senior, you're probably a little bit behind the ball a little bit the way things are going now because it seems like the camps, all the time when the camps, you got to be going your junior and sophomore to really get those offers. And uh, those seniors, those guys are losing out to the, the transfer portal guys. Um, so it's it's hard. It's a, I don't know what the right angle is nowadays and to, to, to attack it, but it, it has changed so drastically in, in just the last three or four years um, and how to approach that. But uh, it, it's scary waters out there. Okay. Uh, uh, Coach Bowden, I want, I want to hit you with this. You know, you have a kid that's going to all these power five camps, but he's not getting any offers or any, anybody saying maybe we'll take a, a, take a look at your, your senior tape. What advice would you give the parents in that kid? Well, first of all, I, when a coach says that, that's not a good sign. I've, I've used that myself several times. We, we need to see your senior tape. That, that, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, one of the things, I, I, I look at it from a perspective of not so much which camps, but when you get on campus, what do you need to do? And I, and I got to thinking about a couple of things, you know, being a head coach at a Power 5 school and, so, and a lot of these guys come, come to your camp. Uh, number one, I, I said, you need to be coachable. You know, some of these guys, they, they, they get these personal training coaches. Right. I'll, I'll say quarterback specifically, and they're taught different things. All of a sudden, they go to a camp, and the quarterback coach works with them, and he doesn't want to try these new things. So he's not very coachable. So I'd say, number one, if you, when you get on campus and you're trying to make an impression, uh, you better be coachable, listen to what they're saying, do what they're saying, and then, number two, you, you better be competitive. You, you know, David, a lot of times now, a lot of these coaches are going to every drill you do. used to be when you go individual, the first 15 or 20 minutes of practice, you do individual drills. Everybody gets a one line, everybody does it. Now you get two lines, everything's a competition, which is good. Coaching's changed a little bit from 
20 or 30 years ago, especially in the individual period uh, from a football perspective. But be competitive. Some guys will get in a, get in a race with a guy that they know is faster, and, and, and they'll, they'll throttle the motor down, and they won't compete. Even if they lose it, you know, they, they, they won't compete with the guy. So I, I think once they get on campus, they need to be coachable, and they need to be very competitive and, 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 and with that being great effort. And you'll eventually get their uh, attention. But when coaches start saying things like, you know, we need to see your senior tape, that says right now they're not ready to pull the trigger on you. You need, you need to do more. So while you're in camp, you better make an impression, number one, by being coachable, and number two, by being competitive. I think that at least gets you on the computer, puts you in their file, and then they, they hopefully they'll come back and watch that senior tape. You know, you just said what uh, Coach Bowden and Coach Johnson both said, and you're a parent, you're taking your kids, and where, where, where do you go from there? You know, because you you attacking everybody wants to play Power Five. We all know that, but Power Five is not for everybody. Yeah, Doug, I I uh, I heard uh, Coach Johnson say that, um, you know, these kids. Uh, you know, really need to need to kind of think about what they're doing, and 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 I I, I agree with that. If I'm a parent, and I'm taking kid kid out there. Um, not everybody's going to be able to play D1, or, or or what Coach Johnson was talking about was this transfer portal. Um, you, you know, you need, you need to pay very close attention to the fact that the trend has changed. Um, I think that there are some very good D, what they used to call one double A programs and some good D2 programs that are now uh, fertile ground for D1 programs because of the transfer portal. So you got a kid coming out of high school who's sort of a tweener uh, and uh, maybe maybe he's capable of playing D1 football, but uh, maybe uh, playing in an area that doesn't get heavily recruited and he's not on the recruiting service rating uh, uh, radar. Um, go to a D2 school, go to a D1 AA school or FCF as they call them now, and uh, put in a good year of performance. Uh, I guarantee you a lot of the D1 schools are looking there now and uh, using that transfer portal to take some of the top kids out of there and bring them on the campus. Okay, I, I want to come to you, Princess. As a, what would you tell a, a parent and a young man that is a young lady at a camp and they become a little combatant because they're not hearing exactly what they want to hear from these these schools? Repeat that part again about them coming back. Duck, I miss that. Yeah. Uh, you, you got some parents and uh, student athletes that, you know, the coaches kind of tell them, hey, you know, you need to work on this. Uh, you know, maybe you need to drop down to a lower level. So they become a little combatant as far as that yeah. comment back to the coaches. So w- what would you kind of talk to the parents about with that, that type of attitude? Yeah, and, and, you know, I've experienced this through other um, parents who are going through that and talk to them. And, and I think we have to be even keel as parents and not be combative or think that our child is the superstar and already an NFL player. We're just going through the motions here in high school. Um, you know, I think there needs to be a little calmness and to willing to accept some constructive criticism or some good advice. Um, that's my advice to the parents for sure. And if they're taking 
their athlete to a camp, um, you know, make sure that you're maybe working the crowd while, you know, your athlete is, is you know, going through the drills. Make sure that you are, you know, just kind of engaging if you can. I know that you can't with the coaches um, that are, are conducting the drills. I went to um, a camp while I was in Florida, and here's my advice to the young man or young woman, but it happened this time. It was a football camp. And the young man was fourth in line in the drills. And when he got up to the line, he didn't know the drill. Young man, you need to pay attention. And, <laughs> you know, if you're number four or five in line, by the time they get to you, you should know what's going on. Um, and I, and I, I felt bad for him. The coach called him out. And, of course, I thought he got better during that camp. But that's a knock within itself. Um, you got to be aware and be competitive and come out and make sure that you're paying attention. But for the parents, it's such a touchy subject. We all think our kids hung the moon, and I don't. You know, we, we have to we have to dial that back some, though, and be willing to accept conversation and criticism and some help and advice. Okay, uh, I want to come back to uh, Tommy. Uh, what are some of the ways that college coaches can let athletes know that they're interested? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because I I hear I heard a parent tell me the other day that uh, I said how did how did your young man do? And he said uh, he he did very good. I said so did he end up talking to mm-hmm. any of the coaches or did he talk to the head coach after camp? No no no. But I know personally he did very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just thinking back to some of my experiences where you fight hard to get a guy on campus and, you know, you, and, and you, you've, you've really talked him up because you, you want the position coach to work him out in drills and, and really evaluate. That's the best place to do it. It's better, sometimes better than get a junior, junior film. And all of a sudden they don't perform like you, like you expected. The mother's there and their dad's there. And, uh, that's where you run and hide as a head coach after, <laughs> after camp. They said, where's, where's Coach Bowden? Well, he had a speaking gate that he had to take off, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's what – if if the guy's good enough, David, you, you, you te- they're going to know it. And, and, and if you're not getting much attention, there's a reason for that because they're not very interested. And uh, so uh, it's easy to, for the guys that, are, that you want because you're going – you're going to call them in your office after camp. After camp, if you really want them, you're going to have their parents in your office after camp, either with an offer or, hey, we just want to see you play one game or two games as a senior. But uh, you're going to know if you're wanted by that school immediately after camp because you're going to be getting a lot of arms around you. There's going to be the assistant coaches, be four or five of them trailing you, you know, buying your ice cream and popsicles and all that stuff. And, uh but, again, you'll be getting individual attention, not only from the head coach, but from all the assistants. Uh, they'll line up a campus tour real quick before you and your parents leave. So you, you'll know. It's easy for a head coach to show that attention or an assistant coach if the guy, they feel like he has talent enough to help them. And, but if you don't hear from a coach or they're not grabbing you or talking to you or grabbing your parents or getting you up in their office, even a position coach will get you up in their office after with your parents and talk to you if the head coach doesn't. So it's easy to let them know. It's it's when they when you don't 
when them coaches run and hide from you, then you know that you better be looking at other schools. <laughs> I know Coach Bout never did that. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've run for one or two. You know, you know a lot of times, unfortunately, <laughs> coaches, coaches create their own monsters because you, if you don't tell them how – I hate to say it, if you don't tell them how good they are, every other coach is telling them that. If you don't tell them – and all of a sudden, you get them on campus because you want to value them to, to, to confirm what you think you what you think you saw on film as a junior. And man, they don't perform, or they don't compete, or they are or, or princes. They're back and forth in line, and you, you keep have to explain the drill. You say, "Guys, this this guy's not going to fit for us." And those are the ones where you really had to persuade to get on campus that you run and hide from <laughs> and their mother, especially <laughs> their mother. You hide from their mothers. Dads, you can do, but boy, their moms are cold blooded. <laughs> oh yeah, we're coming to get you. We're coming to talk. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Coach Johnson, kind of the same question. You had this kid. You hadn't you hadn't seen him, but uh, you know you heard uh, so, uh, some parents all you know y'all getting this kid from this school, and when he gets there, he's not the right size, uh, and he's after it's all over, he's standing beside you, just waiting on you to kind of talk to him. How do you handle yeah. that? No, coach is right. That's 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 definitely the, the tough one. Um, you know, because like now, especially nowadays, with these with the bigger schools, especially, there are so many support people involved that if that school is interested with you, there's going to be somebody that's attached to your hip, whether it's a coach or an analyst or uh, GA or whatever you want to call quality control people, whatever it is. There's a million people at these programs now, so you, you're not going to leave without someone knowing. The hard one's the one you just described, that, that kid that was not what you thought or uh, whatever reason, he's standing right in front of you, and every time you turn, he's turning with you to make sure that you see him and you got nothing good to say. <laughs> you know, you, that's when you try to you bring a whole group together and try to give one of those group presentations. And it's terrible to say, but sometimes you you got to be prepared, and you have your uh, your student assistant or whatever knows, and you give him that wink. He got to come and grab you and say, "Hey, coach, you're needed over here. You're needed somewhere else. I I got to go. I'll, I'll call you." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got to be prepared for those. Cause those are the hard ones, man. And like you said, Jack, that that those kids will be on your hip, and they will follow you everywhere. And mom and dad will be right behind them in the stands making sure you know who they are. It's, it's a tough one. But you, but you got to be prepared for it. you got to be ready to have some kind of system in place, ready to go to get you out of that scenario. All right. Now, Francis, you hear what uh, Coach Bowden and Coach Johnson said. Now, you as a parent, you, now you done paid this money, you done brought your kid there. <laughs> are, are, you looking, are you looking for some type of conversation or some type of evaluation? Oh, yeah, coaches. I'm going to find Tommy Bowden. I'm going to find <laughs> Linda Johnson. <laughs> Before you go, you know, <laughs> if you give me a couple minutes, you know, because <laughs> we can see you fading away or, or, or making that hint. You guys are scandalous. But, you know, it's a it's an ugly game. Isn't recruiting? I used to think, oh, wow. You know, they get to the hotel and all of this paraphernalia is everywhere and all of this stuff and you know, and you, and then once you get on campus or in a drill or in these camps, you know, um, you really got to perform. And the parents have to be prepared to hear the good and bad 
and as a as a mom, we don't want to hear any bad, and and we'll get emotional right there on the field with you, and say, "What do you mean? You talking about my baby? You know?" And I I hope that parents will listen to this show to some coaches who have been there, done that, and and understand that every you know, it's apples and oranges, and sometimes you know. You get a little mountaineer frog in there, so you know he's got to deal. With it. <laughs> Princess, you hit the nail on the head. Sometimes it's just not a good fit, but a lot of people yeah. just don't want to hear that, you know. And, and sometimes you're just trying to be honest and upfront and honest, and it sounds great, but it's not great when they're talking to your kid and he's not the one that's making the cut. And yeah, the other thing that makes it so much harder now nowadays. A couple of years back, there'd be a couple hundred kids in a camp. Now there's a couple thousand kids in a camp. That's right. That's right. You know, and if so the mom, if harder. you're talking to the mom and the mom goes, uh huh, you better be getting ready for some an argument then. Once you, oh, for yeah. sure. But, um, okay. All right, Doug, I, I'm uh, sorry. No problem. No, no. That's why we're doing this. Uh, now I'm coming to Tim. Tim, as an athlete, a former player, what what are you looking for when you get to that camp? And what are you expecting anything from the coaches? Well, I, I think, and I can speak from when I played, because I was a tweener. I was the guy, uh, I went down, because Coach Bowden didn't get a kick out of this. I was the guy who was not heavily recruited. Uh, I was all Virginia, but I wasn't, you know, like player of the year or anything like that. And I was invited to come down to the Clemson camp uh, when Charlie Pell was down there. Well, I was in camp with uh, with some real high-level athletes. In fact, the, the, the class that I was down there with won the national championship at Clemson uh, back in 81, 82, something like that. Um, and I was just a guy. They, they, I guess. they, 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 start, they started their NIL, NIL program back then, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard about it, that. It was a little – it was a little early. It was a little early, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But. Yeah, I think that's why Coach Bell ended up in Florida, right? He, exactly. oh, yeah. he, can, he continued <laughs> the form. They just got the ruling a couple of years. I had to wrestle, but that's all. Yeah, but Doug, going in there, I was just basically trying to get the attention of the coaches. I, I was wanting to um, to – to compete with other guys in camp, as Coach had suggested, um, to try to get the attention to let them know that I can play with some of the guys that, that you're really already looking at. Unfortunately, I pulled a hamstring uh, during the camp, and I never heard from them again. But um, <laughs> I, I think what it is is that you want to compete and you want to you do something during the camp against other talented athletes in drills uh, that that draws attention to to your talent and your ability to compete. Yeah. Okay. I want to I want to come to Coach Johnson uh, with the next question because uh, should a student athlete try to play a different position at camp? The reason why I'm asking this is you're recruiting this kid as a a, a linebacker, but his personal trainer tells him. Don't go there as a linebacker. You go there as a safety or a corner. So, but you're expecting him to come as a linebacker. So should they do do this or not do this? 
Well, I think it goes back to, uh, you know, what I think everyone's kind of touched on is hearing the evaluation or the opinion of the college coach. If, if you're coming to my camp, obviously you have an interest in my school, and if I say, well, you walked in as a safety, well, I, w- I would love to see you take a couple reps at an outside linebacker. Well, do you care about what my opinion is or how interested are you are in my school? Because right there I'm telling you that if you do this, you're going to have a better opportunity to be here. If you choose to be stubborn or say I'm locked in, well, I only play this position, well, that's fine. Well, you're just probably not going to play it here. And you're not going to play here at all. Because if we ask you to do that, there's a reason why we're doing it. We're trying to see more of you. We're trying to put you in a situation to show what your skill set is. Or if I brought you here as a safety, but, you know, you just don't have it as a safety, but I really like you as a football player. I'm trying to find a way to get you sold to the other coaches in the program. Well, I think you got to listen to that sometimes. Now, I know if a quarterback, that's a little bit different, but some of these other positions, I think if you're really interested in that school and you really want to hear what these coaches' opinion are, you got to kind of listen to that. Okay, but his personal <laughs> trainer told him the only way he can play pro football is go to the camp and play another position. <laughs> <laughs> personal <Okay>. trainer. <laughs> Well, you tell you tell that person, "Say, let me see that crystal ball he's got, and tell me what the lottery is too." <laughs> okay. All right, Tommy, I'm gonna jump over to you. You, you got an athlete that coming to your camp. He's outstanding offensively and defensively. So, how do how do you handle that? Yeah, I, I, th- I think what you try to do, I mean, if, if, if I'm that guy, you want to make yourself as marketable as possible. And, and so the more positions you can play, the more marketable you are. There might be one school you'd love to go to, and, and, and they don't need tailbacks. They just signed three the year before. They're going to sign one. They've already got a commitment. But you also play wide receiver. So make yourself marketable. I remember when I started going to coaching, I got through playing at West, at West Virginia Mountaineers. But right. my father says that he says something oh, yourself marketable. The, the the two top positions to coach are offensive line and secondary. You want to get a job, coach one of those two positions. You better have a great coach at offensive line, they coach five, you better have a great coach at secondary, they coach four. You can beat get beat there quicker than anybody. So I look at the same thing in, in, in as a as a young athlete. Make yourself marketable. The more positions you can play and, and to me, when I used to recruit go to these guys and they were struggling academically, I say, listen, son, the better you do academically, the more opportunities you're going to have. Uh, you might have a Northwestern, a Vanderbilt, a Duke, a Virginia, as opposed to some of the state schools along with those. So I, I think that the more positions that a, that, a, that a young guy can play in camp, he really, really helps himself. And somebody mentioned the personal trainers. That's one of the things that's destroying it because they talk a young man. They think they're experts. They've never coached, but they think they're a skilled expert, and they convince the guy that he is a quarterback or a wide receiver as opposed to a defensive back. And, and they, those guys can hurt guys, too, if, if, if young man doesn't go in there with an open mind. Okay. Uh, uh, Press is uh... – you got all these recruiting services that say, "Hey, you sign with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get your kid here, here, or here." 
with no problems. And then all of this fall apart because they really don't know the coaches per se. They know how to send information to the recruiting office. Yeah. How do because there's so many of these services around, and um, for the most part, I think they're failing the athletes. They they promise them so much. Um, they promise them offers. They promise that they can get them, you know, in to see the head coach. And, you know, they go on these tours, too. They'll take them throughout the south, whether it's the SEC, ACC, or whatever, whatever section of the country you're in. But I think a lot of these recruiting services are selling um, a, a lot of promises that they can't deliver for $1,200 a month or $1,200 for three months. And, um, and, and and if you are a single mom and you don't have any help, a lot of times you buy into this because you don't really understand the process or the game itself. So you lean on someone, one of these services. And um, for the most part, I just haven't found where they're doing that athlete the biggest service. And and one of the biggest lies is that I can get you a lot of, you know, D1 offers. Okay. Uh, Tim, you, you, okay, you, 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 you talk it to, you know, you hear what Spencer says, you, as as a parent, how, how can we evaluate our kids? As far as, you know, you and deep down inside, what I mean is you know that they're not a Power 5 kid, but that they, they're they telling themselves and they believe that they're a Power 5 kid. How, how, how do you handle this as a parent? Well, I think, I think you have to be realistic with your kid. And, and um, you know, if you know that they're not – um, I'm thinking of a story that's about to make me laugh. I'm not going to tell it, but um, uh, <laughs> but uh, if you know your kid is not a D1 kid, um, I think one of the things that that you can do to keep them from being completely shattered is to um, is to talk up uh, the um, the the D2 powers um, that that may that he may fit into. And um, that may have shown some interest in him, and and talk about what a great school they are, both uh, both academically, because chances are this kid is not going to make the pros, um, and also uh, whatever type of uh, football tradition that they may have, um, so that the kid would understand that you know maybe football is not you know all that they should put their. Uh, uh, <laughs> Their, uh, their their eggs in the basket uh, for the rest of their life, but there are other things that uh, that uh, they can value with the college experience. Yeah, but I want to come back to you, Dad. You, you said you know you you're talking to me about not playing D one, but Ronnie Joseph down the street just got a D one offer. I'm better than him. Well, <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. Okay, because, Dad. Because, because, because I, as his father, have seen Ronnie down the street, and I know Ronnie's a better athlete than you are, uh, oh. but you're my son, you know. <laughs> you, 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 remember the, you remember the old story that uh, uh, Al McGuire used to tell about uh, Butch, Butch Lee coming to him and telling him, he said, Coach, I should be playing. I'm, I'm better than your son, Ali. Uh, and and Al McGuire said, "Yeah, but I got to go home." <laughs> you know, <laughs> and Al 
That's what I was getting ready to tell you. <laughs> you said Ronnie's better athlete. You got to go home, Tim. <laughs> I, I think that's a tough one to navigate, though. That's a tough one to I navigate. You. But you got to be realistic with your kids. Okay. I, I'm coming back to you, Tommy. Uh, what is wrong with accepting a D3 offer or an NAIA offer? Because it, the kids are frowning upon these type offers, even though it's not, quote, unquote, uh, you know, a scholarship. But I know they give the financial packages. And, and, and I think NAIA can give a little bit more money sometimes. You know, I think a lot of it's the education. You need to educate these athletes about these opportunities and about the experience. Uh, we used to have this uh, Bowden Quarterback and Receiving Academy that uh, that uh, the Mannings kind of took off after ours. I heard Archie Manning the other day bring his experience with our academy and how his thing has taken off. But every every camp, we would have one night where Terry, my brother Terry, who was the head coach at Auburn, but he was also an NAIA head coach. He was Division three head coach, maybe Division two head coach. But he would he would have a one hour lecture every night about the opportunities and the scholarship opportunities, the financial aid opportunities at all these schools, and, and we would talk them up because they need to understand that the original intent of college football was for football to be a part of the college experience. It was not right. to be the college experience like, like it is now. And I think if they're educated to understand, man, they can go there and have a great experience. You know, it, kids used to play college football because they loved it. They, they loved the game of football, and, they, and they'd go to school. It was a part of the experience. And I just think if we could do a better job of educating these young players, and, and, and I say, I don't know exactly what you do, David, but I think this is some of what you do, just from bits and pieces I pick up on Facebook, that uh, has a legitimate interest in educating these guys about opportunities. I see some of these high school coaches will take their van, take the school van, put four or five players there, He'll take them on a campus tour on his own dime, on his own money, uh, just to educate them. So I think if we could do more of that, I think it'd be a lot more a pleasant experience when the Power Fives or Division Ones don't come, that when the NAIA, Division Three, Division Two come knocking at your door, you'll be more receptive and you'll, and, and you'll like the experience. So I just think education would, would really help. Right. Okay, Coach Johnson, you know, it's kind of the same question because uh, the portal has kind of really cut into it, and some of those kids that were thinking they were going to get the D1 scholarship, now they bump down, they bump down, and now the D2 guys, now they're D3. So your thoughts on that? No, I think Coach uh, Coach Bowden hit the, hit the nail on the head. It's all about the education, but – it's got to be the education from, in my opinion, the parents, the family members, because I know so many times I have dealt with it. They, they've been the biggest problems because they're burying it in these kids' heads that it, it's power five or, or nothing. And my kid, this kid is that, and I'll say it right in front of the kid, that he's going here, they're all these power fives, well, they're not even giving the option of anything else. And, they're downplaying it, and, and when you mention, hey, maybe you should look at an FCS school, there's some great schools, they take that as an insult, and they'll say it in front of the kid. So these kids have such a bad taste in their mouth that if they don't get that big-time D1 offer, 
everything else is garbage because they're not being educated properly and understanding the opportunities that are out there. And, and just because you go to a Division two or Division three doesn't mean you can't – we're not getting an opportunity to fulfill your dream to possibly be an NFL player. I mean, what is it, uh, uh, Shepherd University up there in Pennsylvania? I think they have like five kids, four or five kids this year in an NFL camp. Yeah. Three quarters of our country never heard of Shepherd College. And coach, you uh, know, but coach, the opportunity. I don't mean to cut you off. Cut you off. We don't want to get that confused with uh, PA. That's definitely West Virginia. That's what we <laughs> oh do. Oh my God! Listen, man. <laughs> I just didn't want to say West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to say that state. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you said that they're losing those opportunities because they're not thinking about it. But they're not hearing it enough at home, um, you know, when we're parents and family or talk to them. Hey, the Division One is great. And I had the same conversation with my, my son when they were coming up. Division One football is great. But if you're not that Division One guy, that there's this school and that school and all these other D2s and D3s where you're going to have a great college experience and get a chance to play a lot of football, too. That's the other part of it, too. The whole yeah. object to play college football is to actually play. Yeah. <laughs> not just to always be on the sideline watching. You want to go somewhere you can play. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, Doug, okay. uh, Coach 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 Johnson mentioned something that reminds me of a conversation I had with a pro scout in a in a um, in a press box uh, at Ohio University, uh, a Mac school, uh, which is D one, but it's it's considered a mid major. Um, and he was down there looking at a guy from Northern Illinois, a, a linebacker, several years ago, and. Um, and I was I was working at the Motor City Bowl, and I think Coach uh, Coach Johnson was with UConn when they came up and beat Toledo there uh, one yes, year. Sir. I, I, I digress. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting at, I'm sitting in the press box, um, and and the scout is there from the Patriots, and there's a scout from another team, and they're looking at a couple of guys. And I said, uh, you know, I'm really kind of surprised to see you guys down here. And he said he said the he said we always find guys in the mid-majors and D2 and sometimes D3 that can make an NFL roster. He said the difference in us scouting here and scouting at Ohio State on tomorrow or Saturday is that we might have a guy or two guys that we're looking at here tonight that can play in the NFL, and there may be 10 guys when Ohio State plays uh, Indiana or, or uh, Purdue when we go up there on Saturday. He said, but there are always guys that come from smaller schools that can make it. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. And, Princess, so what advice would you give parents that uh, like uh, that's almost feeling like their kid, a D1 or bus? I, I think the parents, more than anything, have to understand the process and the pressure that they may be putting on them and also the pressure of all of, of the recruit recruiting process itself. You know, I think social media has really taken this to the next level along with ESPN and ESPN plus on national signing day in December and the first Wednesday in, Fe- in February. And these young men are seeing, you know, on social media that, you know, you know, Bobby got an offer and he now he has five offers, or now he's narrowed his choices down to six schools 
from 10, you know, all of that pressure. And then your parents are saying, well, you know, it's, uh, we, we're looking at Alabama, we're looking at Georgia or, you know, um, and there are, there's no conversation about the mid-majors or other opportunities. And the, you want to play football. And I've heard several people say that the key to playing, you know, college football is to get on the field and play and get some film on yourself and make yourself, you know, then uh, the NFL scouts aware. But it starts with the parents, but there's so much out there to put the pressure on the young man. And if he's not at his high school signing on National Signing Day, like, you know, somebody's going to Bama, somebody's going to the Florida in Tennessee, I don't think anybody picked West Virginia, then, you know, the pressure's on, you know, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for instance, you know, you know I, I, I tell them I'm looking at Alabama, too, uh, on Saturday afternoon on CBS. You know? <laughs> hey, hey, David, one, one, one thing about the parents, what parents, you say, what can what the parents do, do? And I was a marginal player, walked on at West Virginia. My father was the head coach. I never got in until my mother started sleeping with the head coach. Once she started doing that, I started the next game once I got her in bed with him. Oh, my goodness. Uh, wow. I don't know if I should have heard that, but okay. Yeah, that might not be good advice for all, all mothers. At least it was for mine. Oh, I don't know if I should have heard that one. Oh, man. Okay. This is Tayden. This is That's the best advice I've heard all night. What are you talking about? <laughs> Especially if you're oh, the that's head pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, right man. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Coach Johnson, does it hurt you as a recruit if he came to your camp and didn't run the 40? Uh... Yeah. For me, for, at the top one, uh, for me, I I would say yes. If I if, if I brought you into a camp, and I think it goes back to what Coach Bowden said earlier, I want to see you compete. And a lot of times, if we invite kids to camp, get them to camp, you probably already got a good idea in your head, or if you if you've done your your work, I've done all my research. I know all about this kid already, especially nowadays with all the the uh, upgrades in technology and. The, all the different ways to see film and see workouts and all that stuff. By the time these kids get to your camps, you, you not have a pretty good idea of who's who and what they can do. What I don't have a good idea of or what I don't see on the film, I, I see in person, is how does this kid compete? How is he going to react to not just being the only star on the field? When you get to camp, everybody there is a star because they've all been invited, or most of them have. So to me, that's shows me a lack of competitiveness. You want to be out there. If someone runs a 4-5 or five and you're a skill guy, well, I want to see you beat him. You, I want to see you run a 4-4. Four four. I want to see you be the fastest guy in camp, or at least try to be. Not saying, well, I'm saving it or I'm going to do it. We, we're not in pros. This isn't the combine, NFL combine. This is high school. This is camp. You're coming here to compete and to put your best foot forward. And uh, I, Maybe some guys like that it's a little bit old school, but to me, I want to see guys that can come to camp and find different ways to compete in any way that they can, not looking for ways not to compete. Okay. Uh, Thomas, you're head coach again. Uh, are you – What is that a factor, the four? It depends on, how, depends on how many stars he's got. He's five stars. <laughs> I said, no, you sit off on the side and drink that Gatorade while these other guys are running. No, you know, a, a red a red flag would go up 
if I had a five star or a four star and they wouldn't compete and and they would not run the forty, uh, as long as there's no no physical, he hadn't pulled something that can't before. I, I would I'd be disappointed. Uh, a red flag would go up. We'd have to have a staff discussion if he did not. So uh, I would highly encourage everybody to run, even the highly recruited guys. So. But a red flag would definitely go up if a guy would not compete and run in the board. So is okay. it even important, Duck, coaches, um, Tim, if the offensive line, defensive line, you want to see them run the 42 or just the skill positions, the running back, quarterback, wide receivers, DBs? I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm saying skill because it's very seldom that most of those guys, the O-line, D-line, are running a 40-yard dash. But you know, you know, you know, Princess. Uh, when I was uh, I was at that Clemson camp, they had guys, the big guys down there. Of course, Coach Bowden's already told you what was going on uh, with that <laughs> program. Uh, I mean, they had they they ran everybody in the forty, and they, they, there were guys in camp uh, with me, man, that were you know two hundred seventy pounds, six two, and they were running four eight forties, four seven forties. Um, and it was amazing to me because I'd never run into that, you know, from this small town in Virginia that I was playing high school ball in. Um, and, and so at, at that camp, everybody ran the 40, even the big Wow. Ones. Wow. And, and, and mostly, and, and, and Coach uh, Bowden and Coach Johnson can correct me, but a lot of things that we do, and Tim, you were part of it, we only do the 10 and 20. Because right. I, I wanna see I wanna see that first step. And you know, mm-hmm. maybe Coach Johnson or Coach Bouton might want to see something differently, but I I very seldom see you know, those guys running forty yards. Yeah. I tell you, we've always said the big guys with the forty, but we also had someone time in the ten as well, because obviously the offensive line and that's ultimately that's all for me that I'm looking for is that ten yard burst for the offensive line. But the one thing I will say about the big guys running the 40, it does show you something about athleticism, body control, all those different Because sometimes you see guys flopping all over the place. And, they, you know, we, we, we big guys, we start to get a little tired at about 30. And then, and then our weaknesses kind of get highlighted. <laughs> but, uh, but I think that shows a little bit about the athleticism about those guys, especially when you're talking about those high-end recruited guys and these big bodies coming out of high school because that's always a concern. But they're so big, can they really control that body? Yeah. I think, David, no doubt the 10 and 20 yards is more important for that position. But, you know, those, a lot of those guys, they like to do it because they all think they're skilled guys. I remember yeah. on Fridays, uh, we go travel somewhere on Fridays, you have a little walk through, then all of a sudden, then linemen. They love to get a football and play a little touch football down there in the end zone for you know, while we, and they all think they're wide outs, running backs. So, uh, a lot of them guys, they they like to run it because they think they're uh, they think they're athletes. So we we let them run it, and, and we we'd knock that forty times. We'd knock about two or three tenths off, and we're getting the thumbs up, and every big smile on the face. Five nine, five nine turns into a five one. Big smile on their face. <laughs> then, then they want to move the tight end. You want to put tight end, coach? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but oh, hi, Chris, take us off, Chris. 
that was that was an awesome way to end it. Knock a couple of seconds off or a couple of kids off. Five nine becomes five one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Coach Johnson. Thank you, Coach Fountain. This has been awesome. All we right. appreciate you all being on Tim all and right, Mark, Riley. Yeah, I love you. it when you guys come on. Thank you very much. Great, Tim great Moore and Duck Riley, we'll see you. Great show. Yeah, happy Just Father's awesome Day, Tommy, your Coach Johnson. Happy Father's Day, Tim. All right. Same everybody. Happy else. Father's yes, Day. Enjoy. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you <laughs> all. Care now. We'll get we'll reset for the top of the hour. Never had it so good. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.